John Crumpler of the Texan Wire joins the show. And the reality of Sean Payton coming to Houston seems to get more realistic day by day, hour by hour, second by second. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Wednesday episode of the Locked On Texas Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before because Bet Online is where the game starts. And today's show starts with me, John Hickman. And of course, it's going to always start with Cody Davis as we are here to discuss the Houston Texans. And as we mentioned to open up the show, John Crumpler of the Texan Wire stopping by to talk shop, man. Talk to Texans, mm-hmm. talk quarterback, talk head coach, talk all the things that are hot right now in them Texan streets, Twitter streets, and of course, in reality, everything is hot with this franchise. Now, as mm-hmm. I mentioned the word reality, Sean Payton, after we recorded uh, on Monday night for our Tuesday show, we find out, Cody, that Sean Payton had an interview set up the whole time, right? This was after we discussed his comments uh, that he made on Colin Cowherd's show. And it seems like Sean Payton has been lobbying himself hmm. to the Houston Texans. And what I, what, I, what, I, what I mean by that is, if I could break it down, man, in an early 2000 rapper example, Sean Payton is selling CDs out of his trunk so he can get the buzz going. And the CDs that he's selling is all Sean Payton, no features, no help. Mm. All Sean Payton to the Houston Texans in the media right now. Got the interview on Zoom, I believe, or maybe it was in person. But there's a running joke that Cal, not Cal McNair, Hannah McNair is the person that's really behind the scenes running things right now. And that running joke is for a reason. But it does mm. seem like the optimism is real. The reality of Sean Payton coming to the Houston Texans and being their next head coach is strong. It's highly likely. Let's talk about it, Cody. How, how do you feel? So, so I, I, I want to say this first. So, if he's a rapper, you know, selling CDs out the truck is called early two thousands. I'm, I'm guessing he would cash money and he try to get on that Swisher House or something. Is is that is that what we doing? Uh, is yep, that what we doing? Yep. You should be proud of your boy. Yep. Okay, all right. Hey, y'all, y'all don't know. I know Cody don't know two things. For them to say that. Oh man, I, I, I had to get that in. I had to get that in. But uh, John, you know, I 100% agree with you, man. It seemed like this is more of a realistic scenario, um, especially given in my humble opinion, the unfortunate circumstances that took place with the Dallas Cowboys um, that they invest in the playoffs. And everybody knows that, you know, one of the biggest one of the biggest rumors that was surrounding a potential Sean Payton return return was the fact that if the Cowboys got eliminated early, they moved on from their head coach and they was going to definitely have an opportunity to try to go after Sean Payton. However, you know, now it seems like the script has flipped, but it also showcased to me, I, I, I don't want to get too excited, 
Because like I've been mentioning the, the, the last two days, at the end of the day, you still got to keep in mind that you can't just say, okay, Sean Payton is our new head coach. This is who we're going to roll with for the next, um, hopefully the next 10 years or whatever the case might be. You're going to have to give up some, some assets. And the Houston Texans, I don't think they are in a position to give up assets in order to trade um, for a head coach. However, in terms of flipping the script, I do believe that one that this job is a lot more a lot more appealing than we saw over the last two years, and not only that, too, that this organization is finally trying to get back on the right path. So, you know, of course, this is something that we're going to continue to monitor. Um, I'm please don't get me wrong. I'm not down on Sean Payton to be this team next head coach. Um, once again, from New Orleans, of course, that means I bleed black and gold. I love what Sean Payton did for my for my city, for my franchise. But at the same time, who, who I say he's the NFL version of, John? Doc Rivers. There you go. And once Doc again. Rivers. And you know what? That's interesting that you say that because since 2017, mm-hmm. most playoff wins by a head coach, Andy Reid, sits up top with eight. Sean McVay with seven, both of those head coaches as have won Super Bowls. Bruce Arians with five. Bill Belichick with five. But then I got to go and look at Sean Payton with three. Mm-hmm. Two more than Bill O'Brien. And so I actually understand and I get that reference in comparison uh, when you look at Sean Payton and Bill Belichick. I mean, uh, Bill o, not Bill O'Brien, Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers. <laughs> um, but you know what, what makes his job much more appealing this year than it did the past two seasons? When we look at last year's draft, who was the first player taken? Trevon oh, Walker. Trevon Walker. Defensive end, second player. Hutch, a defensive end, third player. We know here in Houston, Dick Stingley. Mm. A cornerback, a cornerback, a defensive end, a tackle, an offensive lineman, a wide receiver, an offensive lineman, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver <laughs> defensive tackle, safety, offensive lineman. So what I'm getting, a quarterback wasn't drafted until the 20th overall pick, and that quarterback was Kenny Pickett. What I'm getting at is whether it's Sean Payton, whether it's Ben Johnson, whether it's Mike Kafka, whether it's whether it's Shane Steichen or D'Amico Ryans, or we look at uh, the defensive coordinator from the Denver Broncos, Ejero Evero, whether it's any of those coaches, they have the opportunity to really select from the cream of the crop of top mm. quarterback prospects in this year's draft. And I think that makes all the difference in the world, which is why I really do see why and understand it, why Sean Payton has been lobbying himself. And as as the days have started to pass, we've seen him in the media more open, kind of put himself out there by saying, hey, Houston, I'm open. All you have to come do is get it done contractually on both sides in terms of working with Mickey Loomis and then getting it done with me personally to bring me in town. And I'll go out there and get the quarterback that I believe should be this franchise uh, future quarterback and I can work with it. So when we look at Sean Payton out here in the media right now, it makes sense. It makes sense why a lot of guys may have passed upon his job last year, simply because if I'm a new head coach coming into a, a very new situation, what is one thing that we all believe? If I'm new, that I want to bring my new and I want to draft new and rolling with Davis Mills as your starting quarterback last season just ain't how you probably want to start off your young coaching career here for the Houston Texans. And so, again, I bring it back to 
why we are seeing Sean Payton and why we are seeing some of these hotter names, but specifically Sean Payton, because he has an opportunity to get the quarterback he wants and mold that quarterback the way he sees fit for the future. And hopefully uh, it may be with the Houston Texans. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game app, and I can't tell you how much fun I've been having competing against my fellow Locked On NFL hosts. It's your turn to get in on the game and compete. Listen, if you've ever dreamed about becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, well, your dream can come true in this game it's definitely for you. You can manage every strategic aspect of your team, playing through the season and lead your team to glory, trying to build a dynasty. With the Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by doing some of the simple yet difficult things like hiring right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, and navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all of the ups and downs of a season all of this in a challenging realistic game world ultimate football gm is completely free and playable offline play on the go as you want when you want to so i would locked on text and listeners we got some for you get a 100 free boost to your franchise whenever you sign up and use promo code locked on in all caps in the game store that's locked on in all caps so make sure you check it out today to download the game just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores that's ultimate-gm.com the ultimate football gm game your dynasty starts today welcome back in locked on texans listeners and viewers out there so it is the offseason, and in the offseason, Cody and I traditionally like to take some time off, but we love to get people on the show, and who better than get on to get on this show than John Crumpler, Texan Wire, who has been covering the Houston Texans for, what, two years now, two seasons now? I think this is year four. Believe year four. Covering <laughs> the Houston Texans. Year four for all of us, I think. Is it 2019? Yeah. Put, it like, put it like this, John. John C, because we got two Johns on the pod. But John C, <laughs> you had one solid season of covering this team when it was good. Huh? And it's been downhill yeah. ever since. <laughs> I barely wrote that year. It was my senior year of college. I think I wrote like 10 articles all season. So, of course. Well, John Crumpler, y'all know him from Texan Twitter, who has, you know, in my opinion, has dropped some amazing knowledge, some good knowledge, some good insight, and uh, has really been one of the forward thinkers and correct thinkers of the entire, you know, Texas fan base, or however you want to put it. But welcome to the Locked On Texas podcast. John, it's been a while. We are super excited to have you on today's show, man. John, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk with you and Cody. There's a lot going on, and for once, a lot that's actually pretty exciting and positive to talk about with this team. It's as good as I felt about them in probably since last year's draft. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of funny. The Houston Texans, uh, in terms of excitement, has been very seasonal. In the last couple of years, the season of excitement has been where it ain't nothing going on for the team in terms of playing football. It's been all off season, And as of right now, John, Sean Payton, Ben Johnson, Shane Steichen, uh, Mike Kafka, who Brian Daybowl said will not be accepting or going through any interviews this week. Uh, the defensive coordinator, Evero, uh, Ijaro Evero, I hope I said his name right, 
correctly from the Denver Broncos. It, it Sean Payton. So many great mm -hmm. names out there. This is the time of the year where we look at the last two years. We may say to ourselves, "Well, the Texans cannot get it wrong, but they've done it in the past two seasons." Mm -hmm. Now it is a clear, different feel, and I think a lot of us are more optimistic than what we've been in the past. In your opinion, all of all of those great names, who should be the Houston Texans' next head coach, and why? And John, it's hard not to be more optimistic than we were in the past. I uh, I pulled out an article today. I think roughly a year ago, Joe Lombardi, the Chargers now fired offensive coordinator, and Heinz Ward were interviewing with the team on the same day for this job. And a, a year later, we jumped forward, and like you said, all these great candidates. I think my personal favorite um, going into the cycle and still now would be the San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans. I think D'Amico Ryans has been the hottest coordinator on the market. He would have one of them last year, and he is once again. What he does there and just the variability in their game plan and getting the most out of their defensive line talent I think is excellent. I think this team needs a culture reset, and D'Amico brings that. I think he brings instant credibility uh, both amongst the league for what he's been able to do in San Francisco, but also with the fan base who is trying to convince the team or the team's trying to convince the fan base to care again. And I think he checks so many boxes. You'll be able to get the most out of Christian Harris, Jalen Petrie, Derek Stingley. Um, I'd like a fourth thinker at head coach. And I've been very impressed with what D'Amico Ryans has done in San Francisco and would love to bring some of those concepts here. I would like to know your opinion about Sean Payton. Um, because at one time when we first heard that the Texans was going to flirt with Sean Payton or whatever, it seemed like a long shot. Um, it seemed like he was actually setting himself up to get to Dallas. Unfortunately, they won their playoff game. So it seemed mm -hmm. like that might be out the question now. But every single day is starting to seem like Sean Payton is more of a realistic opportunity for the Houston Texans. With that being said, as you know, the Texans are going to have to give up a little bit of that draft capital. Do you think Sean Payton would be a good fit here? And not only that, would you feel comfortable with the Texans giving up assets, knowing that at the end of the day, this is still a rebuilding team that has a lot of holes to fill? Yeah, at the beginning of the cycle, I thought Sean Payton of the Texans was a bit of a pipe dream at best. I didn't understand how his interests would align with where this team is, a young roster with very few proven commodities. But as the cycle's gone on, I think one thing factoring towards the Texans is there just aren't a lot of great openings. And as you take, you take a step back and you examine the picture, if he comes here, you don't have to fix Russell Wilson. You don't have to fix Kyler Murray. You can pick your own quarterback and you can run with it. Uh, but that question does become a big perk of this job is the draft capital. And that's something that New Orleans will obviously be asking for if Peyton comes knocking. I think the the amount that he uh, put out on FS1 yesterday was a mid to late first round pick. Mm -hmm. And then I was talking to someone from the Saints or like who covers the Saints over at Saints Wire, and he said that he would think it would be that and potentially another day two pick. <laughs> if it gets more than pick 12, it will be rich for me. But this is Sean Payton we're talking about. His worst season in New Orleans was seven wins. This team has won seven games combined over the past two years, and they got to play two extra games than Sean Payton ever played. It's crazy. So when I think about it, if, if you have a guaranteed shot at a top 10 head coach in the league, an offensive head coach at that, one who would take Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud and make their life really easy and integrate them into how to play NFL football. 
And you talk about the there's some really prestigious defensive coordinator names that are attached to wanting to come with Sean Payton. If Vic Fangio is coming too, okay, that's someone I trust. We talked about with D'Amico Ryans getting the most out of those rookies that at times it felt like Lovey Smith didn't put Derek Stingley to play his best football. Vic Fangio is someone I would trust to do that. So it's painful because I think that number 12 pick when you're in a rebuild, it's hard not to attach some sentimental value to the picks because you see that's your way out. But I think Sean Payton could contribute as much to winning as any non-quarterback. And if he's serious about playing here, and that's something I think Nick Casario needs to look at, how serious do you take a – he just turned 59 years old. He's already got a taste of what the life and the money is like for TV. Are you? Do you think Sean Payton's willing to be here for the long term? And is he serious about this? But if those two boxes are yes, then I think it would be a fine investment for Houston, who we've had so many misses over the last two years. Being able when, – when I think about competing in the NFL, it's GM, head coach, quarterback. And if you get them all right, then you can win a Super Bowl. So knowing that, okay, at least head coach is set, now let's go think about quarterback in the draft, I'd feel reassured that Houston would do that. So draft capital would sting, but I'd understand. Mentioning the quarterback position is interesting because that is the second hottest uh, topic debate uh, surrounding the Houston Texans. And I honestly, I still think that's the hottest topic in debate surrounding this franchise. So we'll dive into that on the other side. But – you look at the possibility of a Sean Payton, of a D'Amico Ryans. Um, you mentioned that he could possibly bring over, you know, uh, Vic Fangio. Um, are there any coaches on this staff worth keeping that you were that you saw some improvement under the from, from some of the players under the guidance of some of these coaches? I mean. Frank Ross is the special teams coordinator, right? Obviously that unit overperformed, I would say, and I would be open to keeping him. But when you talk about these guys, and I think, sorry, this is going to dodge the question a bit, but in the same manner, I think Houston, Houston needs to do some convincing for top candidates. The optics of what they've done over the last two years with Lovey Smith and David Coley, I think are questionable at best. They are hazardous at worst. And you need to say, hey, you're going to be safe here, and this is your job. I think it's well-documented. Nick Casario might have interfered with Jonathan Gannon's staff hiring process that prevented him from securing that hire last year. So if you go at this again, I would say, you know, there, there are guys who improved, but what it might take to land these top coordinators is – or these top coordinators, whether that's D'Amico Ryans or Ben Johnson or a guy like Sean Payton, is saying, hey, go ahead, clear staff, bring your guys because – we're willing to give you everything that you need to succeed. So may maybe there are some position coaches here or there, but truthfully, I haven't worried that much about it because I believe that's a concession that the Texans are willing and should be able to make or should be willing to make um, if they want one of these top head coaching candidates. More from John Crumpler when we return. However, your number one source for betting information, stats, news, and analysis it's going to be betonline.net. You know it. We know it. That's why we're telling more people about it. And the best part about it, you can get all of the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball World Cup, we've got it all over at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts like the Locked On Texas podcast, you can find those over at BetOnline as well. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more 
because Bet Online is where the game starts. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans. John, before we start talking about quarterbacks, um, as someone who analyzed this team and has done so over the last what four years, that like you said, um, I do want to get your thoughts on this being somewhat of a new day with this franchise. We thought we was going to have a new day with this franchise last year with the hiring of Lovey Smith. Boy, they sold that lot to us pretty good. But, yeah. you know, you said something that I want to go back to. You say that this is basically a great opening because you don't have to worry about, you know, like in Denver, fixing a Russell Wilson who is what? over the age of 30. And not only that, I want to take it a step further and say that this is also a job to where regardless of if you're a coordinator and this is your first head coaching job or you're a veteran head coach like Sean Payton, you have an opportunity to basically build and shape an entire franchise to your knowledge. So with all that being said, just how great is it knowing that it finally seems like after what, two years of just total chaos nonsense and shenanigans with this organization that is finally feeling like they are starting to move in the right direction. No, it I really think he does. was asking you, John, not this John. <laughs> <laughs> John C., I'm oh, sorry saying, about that. Okay. John C. <laughs> and it's been a multi-step process, though, to get here, because let's talk about why this is attractive now and why it wasn't open attractive then. So two years ago, there was no young foundational talent on this team. There was no franchise quarterback. Deshaun Watson was about to sit out the year. And there was no draft capital. Your first pick, I think it was 68, the pick that ended up being Davis Mills. Mm-hmm. Okay, you fast forward a year. There is still no young foundational talent. There is still no franchise quarterback. But you have some picks. Clearly, we saw who was willing to interview last year. Not a major selling point. But you fast forward and you combine that with a week cycle in 2023, and this is what we're looking at. Coaches see, okay, Jalen Petrie just had 146 tackles. Derek Stingley was had put up one of the best seasons I've ever seen from a freshman corner in college football, and he flashed at, at times during the season. Of course, it's hard not to compare to Sauce Gardner, but Derek Stingley's a talented player that guys are going to want on their defense. Christian Harris looked good. There are pieces. And then finally, with that number two overall pick, which – Thank you, Davis Mills, for converting the only 4th and 20 of the entire NFL (laughs) season against Indianapolis. But with the second overall pick, you have a route to a quarterback. And that's really the things you need if you want to play competitive football. So what I think when head coaches look here, there's everything is malleable. You can decide what positions you want to invest in. Nobody's carrying a huge salary allocation. I think Laramie Tunsil is going to be an investment that any head coach will want to make. But after him, it's, okay, where do we want to spend our money? How do we want to build the team? And then the linchpin to all that, the quarterback position, there are three really good prospects, four if you're an Anthony Richardson guy. I'm, I'm not a Will Levis guy. I'm just, I'm just saying three. I know some people are. But I think between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, if you're going to get one of those guys, okay, I can win with them immediately. So in the landscape of, okay, Indianapolis, what's going on with their owner? In Arizona, okay, Kyler might miss the year. Um, we've, we finally built to this point and it took longer than I think any, any of us would have liked it to, but the matter of fact is we finally have the pieces that are potentially have the pieces. Casario has got to get this draft, right. That allow for football teams to be competitive. So it, it is really encouraging to see that people are interested in the job and thank God they are because they should be. I think there's reason to, to believe everything that we're thinking here. You know, I gotta ask you about the quarterback situation and I will, but 
as we sit here and talk about Sean Payton, you know, um, I wonder if because you mentioned Sean Payton's age, mm -hmm. Sean Payton is not young, and I wonder if Sean Payton will have maybe some of the same roadblocks as a Bill Belichick. What I mean by that is, right, this year we've seen Bill Belichick, and over the course of 20-plus years of him coaching, we've seen Bill stick by his guys through thick and thin, through good and bad. And it hasn't, as of late at least, it hasn't necessarily worked out for the better as I look at Matt Patricia and Joe Judge being offensive coordinators and play callers for the New England Patriots. Now, do I think that it's a little different? Yes, I do, because I believe that Sean Payton is one of those guys that can maybe you know, still call his own plays in the NFL. But what I'm getting at is, do you think that that is a roadblock that could potentially potentially hinder the Houston Texans in terms of not being able to separate yourself from your guys over the course of your coaching career in order to maybe get younger or get – you know, more analytical or smarter guys in the building that can help your team move further than what you were able to do with the new, uh, the, the new Orleans saints and what you could potentially do here in town with the Texans. Yeah, I think that's a great question. And ultimately that's going to be up to Nick Casario and Cal McNair to figure out is, is Sean Payton's vision progressive? Does it fit today's league and the concepts that are winning in today's league? Um, but when I think about that, I, I do think that Sean Payton's willingness to separate from New Orleans, although it could definitely be seen as a negative that he stepped away from football, the fact that he said, okay, I want to get away from this franchise because frankly, they maxed out their roster. They maxed out the opportunity and he wanted a chance to just, you know, let's get a clean slate in here. I can bring in new assistants. I'll have all new players. I think that in and of itself is encouraging in terms of okay, he doesn't want to make New Orleans 2.0. He wanted the chance to do something great and do it differently. And I think there are lessons that led to why things didn't work in New Orleans. I mean, credit to him. I, I do think the Saints kind of got screwed in the past few years between the Minneapolis miracle. And then you mm -hmm. think about the LA no call that was so egregious, the NFL changed the pass interference rules for a season to apologize to New Orleans. I mean, that, there's no other way to dress it up. They got rid of the rule after one year. It was so bad. But um, they literally they said, oh, we should be able to challenge that because New Orleans got screwed over so badly. Um, but, you know, when you trade two first round picks for Marcus Davenport, like the edge rusher, I, I think, you know, maybe lessons like that teach Sean Payton about where he would rather be investing resources. And I want to see if that translates here, because I have to think there's a reason he stepped away from New Orleans and it prefers a different slate coming back, because if he wanted to come back and coach the Saints, they would be more than happy to have him. I know they will. So the, the question is, before we got here today, and guys, best believe John will be on the show uh, as we go throughout this offseason yeah. process a lot more often. But the question is, do you go? Bryce Young out of Alabama, Heisman Trophy winner. Or do you go C.J. Stroud? Just declared. It's also represented by Deshaun Watson's camp. He's a hell of a quarterback. Coming out of Ohio State, put up some great numbers, has a height, has a physique, has what you typically want out of a quarterback. John, the Texas are on the clock. Hmm. 
You're telling me both that both guys are there. Let's say Indianapolis traded up to one. They took Will Levis. We're all pumping our fists <laughs> at the draft party. Oh my god, that'd be funny as hell. I would do anything. <laughs> I mean, if if the Colts rehired Jeff Saturday and they drafted Will Levis, I don't know how anyone in Houston could say there isn't a god. I mean, that would just be be marvelous. But um, I think between those two guys. They're both great. I think they're both going to be really high-level NFL quarterbacks. But I love Bryce Young. I love everything that he did at Alabama. He was the best quarterback in college football for two years. He ran an offense of a lot of NFL concepts at a really high level. And what he did this year – so we talk about when he won the Heisman in 2021. He was playing with two NFL receivers, John Mechie, who we're excited to see in the Battle Red this season. And, of course, Jamison Williams, who I believe his only two plays for the Lions this year – were 40 yard plus yard gains. So we knew what kind of talent he was playing with, but he comes back this year. And I believe Jameer Gibbs, the running back leads the team in receptions. That is the offense that Bill O'Brien decides to trot out around his Heisman winning quarterback. And he looks fantastic. He protects the ball. Uh, you know, the, the big thing about Bryce is going to be his size, but he doesn't play in a way that opens himself up. He doesn't open himself up to a lot of shots he, he knows he's not Kyler Murray. He knows he doesn't have elite speed, and he protects himself in that way. And then when we talk about how he extend plays, where he places balls, um, everything that you could want in his game, the accuracy, the poise, especially the anticipation, he just knows where his receivers are going to be. You know, when you, when you worry about short quarterbacks, you think about do they see the middle of the field? That's not a problem for Bryce. He – he is so massively the exception. And I generally hate the exception. I love telling people on Twitter all the time, the exception is not the rule. It is a bad, bad thing to chase. But Bryce Young, I feel like he's that guy. You know, I was listening to, I've been doing some homework. Uh, he did a 13 episode podcast series with Colin Cowherd last year, the Bryce Young podcast. And he compared, they said, who do you think you play like? And he compared himself to Steph Curry. And then he says he tries to play like Aaron Rodgers. And I, I love that Steph Curry comp because it's a small guy and you don't really understand how it makes any sense and it just works and it works beautifully and he plays really good football. Um, I also love the the man and the leader that he's been at Alabama and the stability he could bring to this franchise in that way. I think he's the kind of person that the Houston Texans organization have shown that they, that they valued. So whether it's on the field, whether it's off the field, he was – college football's most dominant quarterback the last two years. I think he would give Texans fans that sense that we haven't really had since Deshaun Watson was on the field. And even during the four win season, I don't know if y'all would agree with this. I still felt like we could win any game when four came out there. And I think that Houston fans would have a similar feeling if number nine was coming out of the tunnel. And that was not Breven Jordan, to be clear. That was Bryce Young. So <laughs> Bryce Young would be my pick right now if I was the Houston Texans. Yeah, I don't know what Brevin Joy gonna do, but he got to come off that number nine. <laughs> he does. And who wants to double? Who wants to tight end that wears number nine? Anyways, I, I go get a number eighty and and, and or maybe like eighteen or something. Keep it moving. That's Joy numbers, right? Oh no, he well get go get a number in the eighties, like you know. <laughs> Maybe 82 like, or 83 or somebody. I don't know. But we love Braven Jordan. I just don't care what number he wears. You know, I you know, <laughs> take some money, ask Bryce for like a nice paycheck and give him the number nine because easy. We'll be ready to see it. Easy, absolutely. John, where can everybody find you on Twitter and your work as well? You guys can follow me at John H. Crumpler on Twitter. Uh, make sure you guys are checking on the Texans wire. All my articles are there and I'm excited for everything. We're going to bring you this draft season and covering the head coach and search.
it's a good time to be a Texans fan, I think. First time in a long time. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked on Texan podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Texans. And with those same 10 fingers, you're holding your phone with eight, you're scrolling with the other two, go ahead and slide over to YouTube, type in Locked on Texans, like, comment, subscribe, all three, and tell a friend to tell a friend to do the same. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.